Hey, welcome back to Four for the Road, everybody. Little twisticle. This is your host, No Shame. Not punk rock, but punk rock's here too. As well as Road Dirt and our good friend Mac Black. And today we're going to be having a little episode talking about um, kind of the, the space that the MC community is in now. And really how that relates to protocol and whether or not it's relevant still and why we might be seeing more or less variations and violations of said protocol. So with that being said, let's uh, let's kick it off. Anybody got any uh, first words? Any any news breaks? I just have last words. Last words. Okay, well we'll save you just, to the end then. Yeah, I just have last words. So I mean, I guess we the- want to talk. We want to talk about like the state of the community, right? And like big things that are going on, like major protocol violations, and is protocol even relevant anymore? I would argue. Yeah, yes. I guess for for some people that like, I think one of the big things is that people get protocol confused a lot. Like certain things get labeled as protocol when they maybe aren't labeled as protocol. So, I guess first, like, what are some examples of things that are? universal protocols in nature and then maybe some things that are more regionally based i mean i'm not really going to speak on like regionally based right like stuff like that that i've experienced um but i will say that like general protocol like the foundational protocol is what i like to call it um i will say that that's just all rooted in respect right that's you know i'm going to take my glove off before i shake your hand i'm going to take my glasses off and look you in the eye when i'm speaking to you um you know i'm not going to be blowing smoke in your face and stuff like that that's that's protocol right like we we teach that and i think that's a failure on these men's fathers really or the you know the men in their lives that are that are bringing them up their father figures because that's all shit that you should learn as a as a young man coming up in my opinion um as far as like regional stuff goes all i'll say on that is that yeah there's there's vast differences between regions. Um, you know, even in, uh, like in, in larger clubs, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see them operate differently. Uh, and you can tell when there's an out of towner, you know, visiting his, his brothers in another state or another region, whatever, uh, one by the license plate, obviously, but two, it's just like, you'll see him before something happens or like, just as something happened, he'll like lean over to somebody and be like, is that how y'all do it here? Is that, is that cool? Because that wouldn't fly where I'm from. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just a geographic thing, right? Um, I think before I get too much farther down on that, I'm going to go ahead and stop it there. Fuck you, Mac. I see that. <laughs> uh, Mac, so since Punk Rock already calls you out, um, what are, uh, I'm, he mentioned uh, you know, introductions, taking your gloves off, taking your, your sunglasses off. Things like that, you know, general gentlemanly things to do. What are some other protocols that um, that are kind of universal and, you know, maybe more centered towards the motorcycle community? Because I know, like, when you're talking about, like, introductions, that whole taking your glove off thing, that was taught to me when I was in the Army. That wasn't something that I needed to be taught in, you know, in the in the MC world, just because like, like Ken was saying, it's like, it's kind of part of being a man and just being respectful and, and things of that nature. Are there any universal protocols that are very specific in universal to the MC community? 
So I know for me, all this stuff Ken said is very true. Learned it in the military even before I was in the MC world. But <clears throat> as far as like when you go to another club's event, you are to try as much as possible not to shit on their event. You know, there's a time and place for everything. And it seems on uh it seems around in my region now that that's no longer holds true, you know. I think there's just certain things that are off limits. You know, you see a group of people that are attending a funeral for their fallen brother and you're not good with them. They're at a funeral. That's 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 off limits. And when you act otherwise and you start doing things um, unpolitically with them while they're there for a funeral, it just makes your club look like a piece of shit. Yeah, there's uh there's definitely um that sense of like there there used to be a code of honor in the sense that like certain things were off limits. You know, we're talking about like families, jobs, things of that nature. Like if we wanted as as two individuals or two clubs that didn't get along, there there was a time where we could have just pulled over on the side of the road, thrown some thrown some fists around and called it a day, you know, had a nice little scrap and then that was it. And then now it seems like it's getting to a point where where things start to take a turn more towards like this gang banging, even like gangster type, you know, mentality of like nothing is off limits. And it's it's funny to me because you get all these people saying like, oh, all these guys pushing protocol, it's bullshit. Like when <laughs> when you actually look at it, it's like, hey, what are all the things keeping people like safe and alive? That's protocol. You know, that's what it's for is, is to reduce the, the instances of people causing offense and reduce the instances of people, you know, acting out of pocket to, to cause an issue when there doesn't need to be one. I agree with that a thousand percent, man. And I think the people that have this view that protocol, whether it's regional or foundational protocol, is like you know, ways of the past or it's totalitarian and, you know, it's only good for people in this type of club, but not other clubs and stuff like that. To me, I just, I, I don't feel that those guys even need to just be in the club community um, in, in any fashion, right? Because at the, at the end of the day, those are the building blocks upon which every club should be built on, right? Um, now, there are some clubs out there, I, I will say this, there are some clubs out there that don't follow protocol but are some of the most respectful and nicest guys you'll ever fucking meet um, that they'll do something that violates protocol. Somebody might take as a sign of disrespect, but the real receptive of, Hey man, you just did this. Like you, you, you just talk to them. You know what I mean? Instead of, instead of it having to be a show or, you know, fucking escalate past the conversation, it could just be a, like, Hey man, like you did this. I'm not okay with that. I took that disrespect and this is why I took it that way. Uh, it'd probably be great if you just never, ever did that again. And a lot of these, I think a lot of these guys, um, you know, it's, we'll see it more in sm smaller, like mom and pop clubs are really receptive to that. They're like, Hey man, thank you for that. Cool. Blah, blah, blah. They run it. And then they might have like that one thing that they follow when it comes to protocol, but not necessarily dedicating their lives to the life. And I think maybe that's why they don't care much for protocol. 
Yeah. So, so what I was thinking was um, when you were talking about like protocol, you know, we started off talking about the manners protocol, like the stuff we were taught wherever you were taught, whether it was at home, your homeschooling or the military, you know, take your glove off when you shake a hand, look a man in the eye. Um, that's good manners, right? And then you have the protocol that's um, set up to stop, to curb violence and, 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 and unnecessary beefs. Two different things um, still kind of couched under the same, the same rules. Um, what I will say, it seems like some clubs seem to be turning away from um, tradition and protocol now. And I don't know exactly what the reason is. I don't know if it's a, a general rate, a generational thing to where, or if it's a culture thing where society now is like, looks at things differently. But like you were saying, not going to someone's job or home kind of has been a code of honor for years. It's not uncommon now to say someone say, I'll show up at your house and kick your door in and drag you out by your neck. And it's like, you know, where, where do we get lost and where do we get away from, you know, I'm not going to bring heat to your home. I'm not going to bring heat to your job. And, and that's just what we do. But I notice people are turning away from it. And I don't, I can't say exactly where I have some ideals, but I can't say exactly where that has changed or why people are turning away from it. Cause it's not just young men, it's older men too, that do it. The whole purpose of, of protocol is, like I said, to curb misunderstandings and potential conflicts and violence. Oh, and it also, another byproduct of protocol has been quality control because, you know, the protocol to establish a new club in your area was, and then we'll make a list A through Z, whatever it is, because it varies from region to region, club to club. But to start a new club in your region, here's a checklist of things you have to accomplish. Well, that weeded out the people who were kind of weak at heart, not serious, not interested, because if they found out they had to first go meet somebody, introduce themselves, go into t-shirts, go, you know, a six month to a year long process to become established and accepted in the community. Um, you know, that, that was quality control because that weeded out the people who weren't serious. Um, and people don't want to do that today uh, for a few reasons. You hear people say protocol is control. You know, they're like, uh, you know, we don't all that control or all that protocol. You're just trying to keep us down. You're trying to regulate and bully people. When our reality, it is control, but it's a measure of control that is good for the community. Because once again, like we said, protocol, whether it's how we set up our patches or the colors we wear or whose schedules we follow or just all these things, how we start new clubs, how we, uh, where we move that stopped needless conflicts that stopped needless confusion. And we know those things do lead to violence. Um, so even though people see protocol as a way of controlling them and so they don't want to adhere so they can do their own thing in all reality, it's just something that's, it's a measure control measure that's set up to keep things safe. And I'll stop that by saying, well, we don't need more beefs on the set and we sure don't need more bullshit clubs. Um, so, yeah, I think the question, one of the questions you asked was protocol still needed? And I would say yes. And I would agree with you, Bro Dirt, because for the longest time, we, in my experience, we were known as the black T-shirt gang because until we completed the steps that were given to do what we needed to do to become who we were, that's all we wore. 
you know, guys made jokes about it, this and that. But at the end of the day, it showed everybody that we were serious to our commitment, that we weren't just trying to chase a patch. We didn't want, we didn't have to have instant patches on our back. We just rode around black t-shirts just to show that, hey, we're, this is our solidarity with each other. And until there's time for that, this is what we're going to do. One of the things that you were talking about was, was the whole aspect of control. And I, and when people talk about it in a sense of control, I think it, you know, there's there's a confusion that there is is in that like people are trying to control what a club does with its inner workings. When really like when we're having a conversation about protocol, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a community, and like one of the last bastions of, you know. You can call it toxic masculinity if you want to. I'll, I'll wear that toxic badge with a, with pride if, if that's what we got to throw onto it. Um, I was talking to our, our good friend Tragic the other day about this. Uh, it was is completely unrelated to the MC world, but the way he was talking to me about it um, is how he drew this connection. There was this doctor that was speaking on how um, how cultures of manliness get developed, you know, and that. Uh, when times are easy, there's certain parts of your DNA that don't get triggered and activated. Um, compare it to like a piglet, you know, like you take a, a pig that's like pink and cute with its little, its ball with his little nose, like squeaking around and shit. But you take that same animal and you put it in a stressful environment. Well, that pig turns into a wild boar and it grows tusks and it gets fur and like, you know, becomes like this beast. Right. And that's kind of like the way the MC community is. You know, it's one of those last places, you know, and maybe part of it is because there's such a huge veteran population, you know, people that were exposed to like these high stresses and triggered those things that make men men. You know, there's just like that, that visceral base alpha kind of personality, right? So whether or not you're, you call it protocol, whether or not you call it manners, whether or not you want to believe in it or you don't want to believe in it, when you enter into this world, you become subject to it because you're going to be held accountable to your own actions. So when we call it something like protocol and we, and we you know, if we want to list these things on a piece of paper and, and kind of, you know, understand them as universal truths, then they're just there specifically to guide people who may not have had experience in those specific things. Because their expectations of courtesy, their expectations of manners, their expectations of, you know, chivalry in, in general. And, you know, if you, something as stupid as like, don't park in front of somebody else's clubhouse. If you don't play, you know, if, if you see all Harleys of that same club parked in front of their clubhouse, don't park in front of there. Somebody might take offense to that. So if you just do that universal blanket across the fucking board, if you just hold that, and it might not even apply to your area. But if you go everywhere and apply every protocol, you'll be fine. But if you start trying to pick and choose like which ones you're going to do, eventually you're going to run into that person that doesn't fuck around with that shit, that, that takes that as as a, a sign of offense. And, you know, you can deal with that and you can think you're a Billy badass if you want to, but I don't think that's what this community is about. I think this community is about coming together under a common love for the motorcycle and the common love for brotherhood in an effort to push each other forward. So why would you even want 
to cause offense just because you think you're a badass and you can handle it and nobody's going to tell me what to do and and all those like you know cliche statements that people like to make you know i like that uh piglet versus the feral hog analogy because you know that's what it is when they go feral and they turn wild but um you know and that led me to think about something it's like a it's like the guys who want to be one percenters or outlaw motorcycle clubs or just a, a motorcycle club because it gives the image they're seen as being edgy and dangerous, right? Because it does, right? Being an MC, a one percent or an outlaw, it, it has an image of edginess and danger. And, and, and we like that. Now, if you don't say you don't like it, you're probably lying because, you know, that's part of the, I always say who wants, the reason I want to be an MC because it's cool. You know, I like it. But um, the reason that it's considered edgy, seems edgy and dangerous is because of the sacrifices and the um, levels of commitment that these men have had for decades in this community. You know, the, the, um, these other clubs that are just, when I say other clubs, I mean the clubs that just um, don't want to follow, follow protocol. They want to emulate something they don't really even understand. They don't realize the level of sacrifice that has been put into this thing. You know, whether it's just whether it's the fact that, you know, is when we that are considered to be an outlaw motorcycle club go to some states and we have a legal concealed carry, even though we have a legal concealed carry permit. If the law pulls us over, they'll give us a felony because they're considered to be a gang. And now they've basically they're not really even it's illegal, but they do it. It's, and we have to deal with that. You know, that's a level we were understand the level of scrutiny we're under. We deal with that, you know, our, the men before us who have fought and fought and fought to make sure that our patch could, when it was trying to be run off the street or whatever. Um, uh, the fact that you can be fired from your job because of your association with your motorcycle club, we all accept those risks and we accept that environment and we commit to that level. And we've been at it for years and our nations have been at it for decades. And then you have this guy who doesn't want to follow protocol. He just wants to throw on a patch, a 1% diamond or whatever, you know, so he can look edgy and cool. He's still that piglet who hasn't become the feral hog. You know, he hasn't had to deal. He hasn't grown into that. And I like that when you said that, and um, they're playing two sides of the fence. They want to be seen as this edgy and cool guy who's taking all these risks and is really dedicated and loyal to the set and making these sacrifices, but they're not really because they just throw the stuff on and it doesn't really even mean anything. But yet they're offended when we tell them that we don't recognize a club or don't recognize them as whatever. They seem offended that that's just people trying to bully them and, and, um, or control them. But yeah, that's what that piglet, that piglet and feral hog analogy made me think of. I just wanted to throw that out there. So, so let me ask you this though, Rudder. On the other side of the coin, right? Is let's say I make the fucking, I'm, I make the the go fast MC, right? And I decide I'm going to be a one percent club, and I throw a diamond on, and you catch me, you know, riding around, whatever. You try to educate me. I say, hey man, I appreciate it, cool, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm tested, I'm tested, I'm tested, and I come out on the other side. Not always winning, but I come out on the other side. At what point, though, does that go from being a bullshit MC to a legitimate MC? 
You know, that's a good question. And you're not, you're not wrong, but you're not, and it's not, it's not wrong and it's not right because there's a couple things going on here. If they would have done that 20 years ago, the, with, with, with the scrutiny now that is on the community, if I walk outside my house and blink wrong, you know, all of a sudden there's gang enhancements and all this stuff that will drive me to prison for the rest of my life just because of the patch I wear. That's the reality of the level of scrutiny we're under. 20 or 30 years ago, if punk rock showed up with his go fast patches and his diamond and I beat the brakes off of you because you were disrespecting me, my brothers in the set. And every time I saw you, I beat the brakes off of you. You're probably going to quit wearing that patch eventually. I'm just sorry. This probably you're not going to. When every club out here is doing it, you probably wouldn't withstood the pressure. And if you did, if you fought and withstood it, which many of our nations have for 50 years, then they become a tried and true club. But for one, for one, I would say there's 50 other clubs out there that have already become established. Why start a go fast club? But secondly, I would say. You know, so nowadays, most people aren't going to waste their time and go out there and do something stupid. I'm not going to waste my energy on a bullshit club who doesn't want to follow protocol and doesn't want to participate properly in my community. I'll just shun you and turn my back on you. But to run out there and beat the brakes off of you because you're being an asshole, it's not as common today as it, as it was in the past because there's there's video cameras everywhere. There's surveillance everywhere. There's new gang enhancements. So, yeah, you might just catch a pass, right? Because no one wants to catch all these stupid charges and go to prison for life for trying to educate you. But you're still a bullshit club. You're just, we're just not paying you any attention. So, okay, 10 years from now, we'll say, hey, there's that club. The guys at Nobi, there's that club that threw some patches on. They're still here. There are a bunch of jerks back then. There are a bunch of jerks now. And the guys who don't know will be like, oh, cool. Look at those one percenters. You're still a fucking bullshit club who did shit the wrong way and don't have acknowledgement from the people that matter. I mean, that's how I see it. Um, so I see what you're saying, but in today's day and age, why would you even throw a diamond on when there's, you know, just start up a club? There, there's there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. The way you just described to me is the wrong way to do it. You weren't affiliated. You didn't go through a process. You didn't, you didn't, you know, I'll use Mac as an example. I don't think he'll mind. He's recently done something like that, but there's a lot of years behind what he did and why he did it. And there's history behind it with a lot, with another, other people. I'm not going to tell his story, but what you explained punk rock almost sounded more like just kind of popping up and throwing it on because you wanted to. And that's why I said what I said. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with that. I just because uh, I think I'm I'm known as uh, a pretty big supporter of you're not going to bring anything new to the table, um, to the to the MC community, right? Um, so why start a new club? You know, no matter no matter what your mission is for your new club, there's a club out there that does it. You know, and there's a club out there that does it Monday to Sunday. You know what I mean? And not. <clears throat> I, th I think a lot of the a lot of the newer clubs um, that aren't doing it right, that are refusing to take guidance and education, those are just the guys that want to look cool. But I mean, but but also on the other hand, though, there are still a lot of, a lot of new clubs out there that do pop up, <clears throat> but they're willing to take guidance. You know, somebody pull them aside and be like, "Hey, man, you didn't really do this right. You're not bad dudes. You just did this." 
back ass words, you know? So like, let me help you kind of correct your discrepancies here. Um, I watched that happen a couple times in San Diego. Um, there was a, there was a couple of clubs popped up and everybody just kind of fucking stayed away from them until we saw certain people hanging out with them. And, you know, and then it's just like, Hey, what's going on? What's going on there? You know, we're like, Hey dude, like we're just trying to teach them the ropes, trying to teach them how to do it properly. And you know, fuck, man, now they're, they're a widely accepted club in San Diego. I mean, it took, it took years, plural, but you know, it's possible. To your point, punk rock, you know, years ago, when clubs would do shit like that, you could starve them out. Everybody knew not to associate with them, not to fellowship, break bread with them. Now, now everybody, if they see that new club, they see that new diamond, they want to run up, take a picture with them, post it on social media, try to, you know, get their own validation for being cool with them. And we've lost that. Used to be like, hey, that club is bullshit. Everybody re- recognizes it. You just starve them out and they fade away. They don't do that anymore. I think it really depends on on how tight you keep your community, you know, and then that really falls on like, you know, people talk about like, you know, if, if I'm a one percenter, it just means I'm just going to like run around here and do whatever I want and live like this free out outlaw lifestyle and just be like on the fringes of society. And then, yeah, cool. That's like, that sounds real fancy um, and it sounds real romantic, but you know, the, the whole premise behind that is part of the reason that you know some of the areas are, are acting you know and are a reflection of what max kind of talking about because um, then you got other areas where the uh the one percent presence is very involved in the community you know and then not necessarily even in a way where it's like hard line regulation of the community more like um like guiding and mentoring and you know bringing different clubs together and whatnot and if you can keep that tight knit feeling amongst the clubs in your area to where everybody's on the same page and, you know, everybody is getting equal equity out of all the work that's put into the community, then you can kind of keep these like bullshit clubs on the outskirts. You know, and uh, when it comes to the the situation you were talking about, Ken, it's like, what were you saying? Like they go through like, you know, they, uh, they make it out on the other side, you know, so many times, like how many times do they have to get checked and like turn it down before they get recognized? And I think a big part of that, you know, and it, it could kind of go both ways. So this might get a little long winded that if they're never going to accept the criticism and they're never going to accept the education, then why would the community ever accept them? You know, you're, you're asking to, be accepted or to join or, or participate in a community that has a joint set of values and a joint set of ideas of how things should be moving. And if you're going against that, why would, why would you expect them to let you in? Like it's, I wouldn't go to 4-H and be like, Hey, I fucking hate horses. So I'm just going to ride my dirt bike here. Is that cool? And like, how many times are you guys going to tell me I can't ride my dirt bike before I'm a 4-H member? Like, you know, you, you understand what I'm getting at there? It's like if you're trying so hard not to fit in, like you can't never expect to fit in. Right. Um, but then at the same time, it's how are the one percenters or the dominance or the existing clubs in the areas? How are they approaching this new club? Because like you gave with your example in San Diego, all of a sudden they see these guys and they're like hanging out with somebody who means something. Well, it's 
they must have had a difference in their approach that made these people say, okay, maybe there's, there is something I can learn. You know, maybe, maybe I, maybe this isn't what I thought it was, you know? So there's, there's a little bit on both sides, you know, what is that club that doesn't know anything doing? And what are we doing to make sure that they actually know something so that they can't use ignorance as an excuse anymore? And again, just to be clear, because I know that there's going to be, um, you know, there's, pe- there's people on both sides of the fence that listen. It's just like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm either a new club or, you know, they're on the, the other side of the fence of, hey, like I've been around. We've had to pay our dues. We did it the right way. What the fuck? Now this asshole just shows up, you know, like, I, and I get it. You know, I just, I just wanted to make sure we get both sides of that, you know, cause it's, again, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty anti new stuff. Um, and maybe, and I'm fully, fully capable of admitting, maybe, maybe I'm wrong for that. Uh, I'm, I'm teachable, you know what I mean? But you know, there's, there's stuff out there already, you know, um, I mean, there's definitely situations where, you know, like you'll see a bunch of different clubs come under, you know, a new banner, you know, because they were all fucking tight before. And then that, you know, some, something happened, something changed and they're like, dude, let's, let's, let's do this together. You know what I mean? You know what? I I really can't find an issue with that personally, you know, and obviously I ain't speaking for, for nobody on the staff here, but Stop making new shit. The old shit's cool, man. There's so much fucking history here. You know what I mean? And Road Dirt keeps trying to say something, but his mic's muted. You have, you have to hit the button. You have, you have to hit the button, Pop Pop. People, you got to unmute the mic. <laughs> He's mad. No, the, the, so just so you know, my mic has a button on it for mute, and that's where I was muting it with, muting it and unmuting it. Now all of a sudden the the app wouldn't recognize the button. I had to go down and do the uh, the mute button on the uh, thing. So shut up. Anyway, I'm not stupid. It's just the technology was acting up. Nobody called you stupid, people. Shut up, man. Anyway, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Now you got me so damn mad. <laughs> but, uh, I think what I, I think what I'm gonna, sh- shut up, whippersnapper. I'm talking, Junior. Is, are you mad because you missed that early bird special at Dennis? I feel like I'm battling with my child. Anyway, what I was going to say was I think ultimately, though, regardless, if for some reason whatsoever somebody is going to start something new, I think we all hit on it. And I, and I would like to say, yeah, the thing is, I, I, is being teachable, approachable, listening, being involved in the community and taking advice. I think that's the, at the end of the day, right? Cause if, if not, what's the point, but yeah, now, now I'm going to hit my mute button. Okay. Now hit it again. Just to make sure it works. You got to hit the button this time. You can't just look at it. I can't hear. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, what's next so on the happy. schedule? Um, all right. So back to the protocol, one of the, uh, I think one of the protocols that gets, has been getting violated a lot as of late and probably one of the protocols that tends to cause the most issues between clubs is when other clubs take members who are out in bad standing. 
so does anybody want to jump on and sit, like kind of just describe that scenario? I have so many opinions on this, and I'm not going to share them. Well, let's just pretend that Rodrit's microphone's on mute. He's talking, but it's like nothing's coming. Out. Is he making his mouth move? I can't hear him. Maybe he's maybe he's just fucking with us and moving his mouth, but like he's that's not what I'm thinking. Speaking. Yeah. Press the button on your microphone. Hmm. Uh, this is ridiculous. He's over here snapping. I, I feel bad for anybody who's listening with audio only. He's like, is this like a clap on, clap off thing? Like, <laughs> my mic won't work. <laughs> type it. Type it in the chat room. Yeah, type it in the chat room. I'll see if I can, I can translate it for y'all. Okay. Well, God damn it there, punk rock. I done said... Okay, no, here's the funny thing, right? Like, let's let's take a break from the episode real quick to acknowledge the humor in this. <laughs> Road Dirt spent his own hard-earned money and like hours of his life the other day trying to figure out how to get all of this equipment to work so he could have a fucking better audio video experience for this podcast. And now we can't even figure out how to get him off of mute. <laughs> it's not working, <laughs> man. It's, 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 there it is. Did it come yeah. back? Hey man, I, seriously, seriously, it's it's um. I mean, can you see my mute and unmute like in the screen? Because it'll say it's unmuted and it's not. So it's it's definitely it's because this mic has a built-in sound card. So it's just it gets back and forth between an app. I think it has a hard time switching. So when yeah, because because no shame is uh, muting us through the app or through the fucking well, somebody else is speaking. So. Well, if he's mutinous, then quit fucking with my shit. I'll control my own mic. If you're going to control my mic, then... Hey, calm, calm down. It's not our fault you're using Cricket Wireless Wi-Fi. God damn. I know you ain't... <laughs> Man, fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, so out, out bad. So, so um, you know, an example and, and the problems we're having. So I think the reason that so many people don't want to acknowledge that is the same reason they're not acknowledging protocol. We don't know why it's this because they don't want to acknowledge protocol. Well, I'll give you a couple of reasons. Um, one is because so many people have, again, not followed protocol and abused the out bad, out in bad process. Um, so they just pissed off, mad personal feelings. You know, they put a guy out because whatever, he's a horrible member and he and he doesn't show up. But nowhere does he really need to be put out in bad, but they put him out in bad anyway. Or somebody just doesn't like someone and they change his status to out in bad, trying to ruin his career in the motorcycle club community. So that that's a lot of reasons people don't acknowledge it. But the other reason, I've heard people say things like, we decide who we do and don't want to take. We don't care what they say. We'll decide if they're good or if they're bad. So the scenario that ends up happening is club a puts a member out in bad standing. Now we know as motorcycle club members, that's hands off. No one should take him into their club period for whatever reason, because it's supposed out in bad means you stole your money. You fuck somebody's old lady. You did things that were that, that, just meant you don't belong here, right? And so now you're out in bad standing and the community shuns you 
and you don't take you in. But what happens is these other clubs, because they're, I don't know if there's because they're gunning for numbers or because they just don't care. They snatch this cat up. Now you have problems. And like we said, protocol is designed to stop, to, to stop beefs and to stop people from interacting in, in a violent manner. But, you know, a quick way for that to happen, it may not be an intent. Intentions may not be to be violent, but you taking out bad member is basically one of the biggest signs of disrespect. You can show to another club, you're saying, fuck them. Then you show up with a party or at a set and you're both there and they start discussing it, it doesn't take long for some hot-headed bikers to start throwing down, you know? I mean, but that's that's the example. I mean, we're not supposed to do it. It seems like many clubs are doing it now. I don't know the reason other than probably the same reason that everyone's choosing not to follow protocol, you know, for multiple reasons. But, um, yeah, it happens a lot. I'll let somebody else talk. Well, so you said that when somebody's put out bad, it meant that they, they, they stole, they owe a lot of money. They fuck somebody's old lady. Right. But there's, I, w- I would assume, I think I can safely assume that there's some out bads being thrown around because this guy hurt my feelings or you know what? He was, he was two months late on dues. So I'm going to fucking throw him out of the club out bad. He owes me money, but I'm going to, for- I'm going to neglect to mention the part where, you know, he's got, like his truck was stolen, his house caught on fire, and he's got all his money going elsewhere, you know, however much money a month in dues, you know, we could let him slide on, but we chose not to. Um, at the end of the day, protocol is what it is. And if somebody's out bad, they, they, they should be treated as a leper. They shouldn't be touched by, the, by anybody else in the motorcycle club community. But I think that the out bad um, status has, has been abused by so many people that now there has to be a little bit of investigative work. Like, Hey man, why is he out bad? Well, well he's out bad because he fucking missed three of my meetings and he didn't come to my wife's birthday party. Is that out bad, bro? You know what I mean? But also at the end of the day, protocol dictates what protocol dictates. So now you're, you know, which one do you go with? Do you go with, well, he was put out for a bullshit reason in a bad way or protocol is protocol and it's black and white and is protocol black and white. That's my question. Okay. So this might get a little bit long winded and some people, I don't know everybody's club situation. You actually have clubs that have time periods. That if you quit, just for the sake of quitting, before you reach that time period, you're considered out bad. Now, I'm not going to discuss whether I agree with that or not. That's each club's specific rules. That's their bylaws. But just for example's sake, you have individual one from Club A who quits just because he doesn't like authority. He doesn't like the way things are going. And he's put out bad. And Club B comes to pick him up and they reach they reach out to Club A and say, hey, you know, we really think this is a solid guy. We really want him. Is there some term of agreement we can come to? And I've seen this done a couple of times where they'll come up with like a year slick back, no prospect, no anything. 
and they say, hey, if you can, if you can guarantee that, you can have him. And I've seen that work. But then you have example two, where person is facing certain things in the club he doesn't agree with, he quits, he rips up club patches, which are club property. We everybody knows that. That's no secret. So you destroy the patches because of your fit of rage and you're put out bad. And then when Club B contacts you about it and you tell them, and the first words out of their mouth is, is well, your out bad is not our out bad. That's where you have a problem with the protocols seeing eye to eye because I don't care what club you're in. If you destroy that clothes patches, then you should have to pay for them. You know, make it right because it's club property. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to be out in good standing if I'm going around destroying club property or not even returning all of it, you know. So I think there's a thing for numbers that's going on. Um there's so many clubs I could say that I'm not going to that there's some that were started by taking multiple dudes that were out bad from another club. So it's just, it's gotten to a point to where it's just like, everybody's like, fuck you. I'm going to take him if I want to. And then it's like Road Dirt says, that's what leads to problems down the road. Punk Rock, so just when you want one example, and I want to hit this before we forget, you were like, if a guy owes, let's say a guy was just kind of, was having a hard time in life and he got behind on his dues and, you know, he wasn't a bad brother. He still owes him money, so he's still out bad, right? But usually what will happen in that scenario is a couple phone calls be made and they'll be like, yeah, he wasn't a bad bro. He just got behind on his dues. He couldn't keep up. He owes us 300 bucks. And it's like, it, and like um, Max said, hey, man, get, get the money over this way and make him right so we can take him off that status and you can do whatever you want. So that that's not – you're right, punk rock. Sometimes he still owes money and he can still be out bad because he owes money and he shouldn't run around to another club. And that's where, like Max said, I've seen that happen. You know, it, he wasn't a bad brother. He wasn't a bad person. He just couldn't keep up at, at that point in his life, and he left the club. But he still owed him money, so that doesn't mean – I'm going to ask you this, punk rock. Do you think he should still – be considered out good if he owes another club money. So I'm asking a lot of questions tonight. I play devil's advocate, right? I'm trying. I'm trying something else, right? I'm trying to be like the uh, the Bizarro Dave, right? Um, you know, I think some of our younger listeners might not get that reference, and that hurts my feelings. Um, side note: I was listening to fucking Leonard Skinner yesterday at work, and one of my you know, my younger sailors was like, "Why are we listening to this old timey music?" And I tried everything that I could do to not put this sailor through a fucking window. Um, anyways, no, I, I 100% agree um, how I've seen some clubs do it. Um, a club that I was a part of that no longer exists. I feel like I could talk about it. Um, how we did it then was if you left for whatever reason, you left or you were kicked out, and it's but it's not out bad, Right. Okay, cool. You owe us money. We're going to give you this out bad. We call it out bad pending. And then we set a date with them. Say, okay, cool. Like you're leaving or you're getting kicked out. You have, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. You have to, you know, you have this much time to go collect all the club property, anything with our logo on it, anything with trademark fucking uh, stuff on it. This is how much money you owe uh, for these reasons. And, you know, when we do church, you let me know, you know, or whoever the sergeant is. Hey, you let me know when you're ready 
to come to church. You give this back. Uh, we'll present it at church. We'll, and then we'll, we'll be over it. Right. And that out bad pending gets changed to an out good because he's, he's returned all the club property. He quit in person and he showed back up to deliver everything else. And you know, whether it was dues, club property, whatever, he showed back up to deliver that in person. You know what? Okay. It didn't work out with the fucking club. That's all it is. is it didn't work out. That doesn't make him a bad person. That doesn't make you a bad club. So, you know, we would change your status. Okay, you're from out bad pending to out good. And we'd write him a little note. Hey, this is fucking so-and-so from this club. I am this. Uh, as of this date, this member is out good. We'd sign it, leave a cell phone number. We'd give it to him be like, all right, man, have a great day. Good luck on your fucking endeavors. And, you know, I'll wave at you in the bar if I see you. But, like, you know, you kind of, you know, you got to give me some time to get over this. Because leaving a club or being kicked out, like, this shit hurts. It is not enjoyable for anybody. You know. God damn, that was a long fucking answer. Motherfucker. Oh, I'm sorry. What? You got a fucking bedtime that you got to get ready for? It's fucking, what? Not even 8 o'clock yet. Before you say something, you got to hit your button again. Okay, people? <laughs> um, so I think what needs to be taken into account here is, is the fact that there are three sides to every story. You know, and, and I'm not the first person to say this, but, you know, that. There's side A, side B, and then somewhere in the middle of that, there's the truth, right? So there's extenuating circumstances in, in every situation, um, and every club is going to choose how they deal with those circumstances, right? Um, and, you know, I, it sucks to, like, have to try and kind of play devil's advocate in this situation because, like I said in the beginning, when I when I brought this topic up, this whole business of taking somebody who is out bad probably causes the most issues in the motorcycle club community today, right? <clears throat> but then, you know, how many times have I been in a situation where I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with somebody who's uh, potentially going to join the club, right? And you know, we call their their uh, former club, you know, and uh, you know, on speakerphone, like everybody can hear it. Like, hey, what's this person's status? Oh, they're out. They're out good. And then the moment, you know, you put a prospect patch on, I'm like, oh, no, we're changing their status to out bad. Fuck them. You know, like how many times does that happen? Like I've seen it happen, you know, personally, you know, but that's not that's not the case all the time. You know, it's uh, sometimes they are legitimate out and bad statuses. But how many times do you go through that same process of running this like, you know, this thing only to find out that there's some bullshit behind it. Right. So I think it's a two way street, the club that the losing club in this situation, the club that is, is losing that member, whatever you're going to decide that you're going to put them out bad for that needs to be something that you're willing to go that extra mile to back up. Right. Don't put somebody out bad. If it's not something that you're willing to stand on, and at the same time, don't take somebody who's out bad if you're also not willing to stand on their story, right? Because everybody's going to tell you their side, right? When you, when, when you take that hang around in and, and you go to make him a prospect and, you know, he's, he's going to tell you his whole sob story of why his out bad status is not legitimate. And when you call that club, they're going to tell you their side of the story. And it's kind of a crapshoot. So... Are, are you willing to stand on that for the clubs? You know, is the losing club willing to stand on that out bad status? Is the gaining club willing to stand on that potential member's story? You know, and 
and what kind of discovery have you gone through in order to come to that conclusion that yes i'm willing to stand on this right um and then the other piece is that there's there's levels in between right you could put somebody out and not necessarily say they're in an out bad you know it's it's you're approached by a situation where it's like um hey this guy used to be in our club our clubs have a good relationship we don't necessarily enjoy this person's company you might want to think about that you know before going into that situation because would you know me personally in my club if if one of my brothers is not allowed somewhere then i'm not going there or i might go there and bring him on purpose right you know like like i'm not going somewhere where i feel like my brothers are not welcome but if you're going to take somebody from another club who left and they're not necessarily on good terms, can you really blame that club for not wanting him in their house? Right. You can't like if, if I kick somebody out or somebody left my organization, join another organization and then they bring him over and now he's wearing these new patches, I'm going to feel some type of way about it. I'll probably go tell him to go get fucked. Right. So is that situation worth losing that potential relationship, right? There's so many things that come into play with it. And there's so many like what if scenarios and avenues that you could go down and who's right and who's wrong. And everybody's always got their story and really just boiling it down to what is the truth? What's the closest we can get to an accurate truth? Is it worth it to, to stand on that? And you know, what am I doing to make sure my organization doesn't fall into this scenario on either side of the coin where I'm putting somebody out bad for a bullshit reason or I'm taking somebody who's out bad and then putting my club in, in a shitty situation because of that. Is it worth it? And what am I doing to make sure of that? You know, I wonder too, I, I, this just popped up in my mind. Um, no shame. I wonder how many times these decisions we're talking about are made purely by ego of one person who's just in a position of power and who can make that call and just says, fuck you, fuck everybody else. And you know how some people's egos don't allow them to, or they choose not to see the greater picture and how it's going to impact their nation and the set. I wonder how many times these decisions are made by one person who's just too egotistical to uh, think about everybody else. Probably a lot, and, and I, I don't want to imagine that on the gaining side, it probably happens more often. If you're talking about the losing side, then the conversation is more than likely going to happen at a higher level, right? But if you're talking about the gaining side, how easy is it to sweep this under the rug? To just be like, hey, yeah, I know. At whatever level it stops at, like, oh, it's just like, whatever. And then the rest of the club has no idea. And then all of a sudden you're getting, like, mean mugged by some guy at a fucking bar, and you have no idea why he's even pissed at you because some shit happened in Timbuktu. You know, it's like, I'm sure that happens more than we even realize. Well, yeah. So yeah, I think we covered the out bad piece. It's not good. It's not called out good. It's called out bad because it sucks. Um, well, and then we already kind of talked about this pop-up club thing, but I, you know, the last thing on our agenda is why do we think there are so many pop-up clubs coming around? So there I was, right? I'm just sucking playing. a dick. Sucking dicks. Hey, man, for, hey, gas is expensive, bro. All right, just mind your business. Um, no, man, I think I think it's it's one of two things. Uh, I think one is purely innocent, and I think the other one, I have a 
I, I, I feel a certain type of way on the innocent one. Um, I think dudes just see club guys out having a great time and they got their, their, you know, their click, you know, they got four or five dudes that they're always with. And they're like, man, I see what, you know, club insert name here is doing. I want to be like that, but I want to be like that with my homies. So they throw a patch on and they say, okay, we're a traditional MC. <laughs> and then they go riding bar to bar instead of staggered like they used to. And, you know, now they, they feel some sort of way. Right. But they're, but they're, but they're still malleable, right? You could still mentor these guys. And, um, I've seen, I've seen it at a new club meeting in San Diego where these guys were, you know, cause you don't tell them not allowed to tell people they can't start a club. Right. But they were advised not to, um, another club snatched them up says, Hey, you guys really want to be in a fucking club? Yeah. Well, fucking I'll prospect all of you. You know, let's go. This is how the prospect, this is how it goes. You know, this is, this is why you were told it's not a good idea. I'll fucking prospect all of you after, you know, if you guys fucking make it, make it through the hang around phase and all that. And he did, he ended up prospecting all like nine of these dudes. And luckily they were prospected the right way. Only about three of them made it because the other guys just weren't really cut out for this kind of life, even though it wasn't, um, nah, I'm not going to go there, but it, it was a certain type of club, but the, the prospect period was still done correctly. Um, they found the guys who were dedicated and they, they wanted to be here for the right reasons. And the other guys that just wanted to look cool and go along with like Billy's ideas, starting a motorcycle club. Those are the guys that washed out and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being an independent guy, you know? And I think the, I think the, you know, the, the less honorable reason is because people don't want to prospect, you know, they see stuff like, you know, all oh, that prospects always running back and forth to the bar getting beers for patch holders and he's not sitting down. He's not eating, he's not drinking, or he's, you know, it's always, Oh, Hey prospect, you know, fucking, you know, Oh, I ain't no fucking, I ain't nobody's bitch. I ain't going to fucking do that when they really just can't humble themselves to understand that this isn't, you know, you're not being somebody's bitch while you're doing that, you know? Cause like if I had, if I had you guys in my house right now and we're sitting around my coffee table, drinking beers and shit, and I get up to go get another beer. I'm going to be like, hey, you guys want one? Like, I'm going there anyway. I'm going to go bring you a beer because I love and respect you guys. And, I mean, Road Dirt has done that for me. So I've, I've seen him do it. You know, he was walking back up to the bar. He's like, yo, you fat fuck. You want another beer? I bet you do. I was like, yeah, you're right. Uncle Road Dirt, I want another beer because I'm a fat fuck. Give me them carbs, baby. It's okay. How much, how much, um, you know, the word, the word that keeps popping up into my head and it has been, I've been thinking about this post today or this podcast today. And as you guys are talking, instant gratification just keeps popping up in my mind. You know, is it in somewhere? I don't know if it's always been this way or if I've just become the old motherfucker who, who bitches and complains about young cats or what, but it seems like everybody's about instant gratification nowadays. And I don't know if it's always been that way, but almost everything from pop-up club to not following protocol to all these things like wanting something for nothing, wanting it now. And everything we've talked about in the ways of doing things, what we say the right way or doing things uh, along the lines of the protocol, it always, involves a process and and everybody doesn't make it but it seems like with the pop-ups you know everybody's a president everybody's a founding member everybody's fucking an officer 
you know, there's no prospecting period. So my question is, am I just missing something or does instant gratification keep popping up in my head for a reason? No, it's, that's, that's a great way to put it. Um, and I know, I know punk rock was talking about, you know, like serving the table during your spot at the table kind of thing. He just got into this weird road dirt, getting in beer stories. Um, but I think, uh, one of the things worth differentiating is the difference between a pop-up club and a new club. And I'd, I'd like to hear, uh, Max opinion on this. Cause you know, you've gone through this process more recently than the rest of us. And, you know, like road dirt, I'm not going to tell your story for you, but you know, whatever you're willing to share, about the differences and maybe some of your experiences as it pertains to this. It all, it all started from actually having a relationship with the club that's been around for a very long time. I'm not going to put numbers, years, and all that out there, but it started with relationships and knowing them and then getting mentor, getting guidance to you start off and yes, it's started off as a support club. And you know, time goes along. You're you're everywhere with them. You know, you're you're starting to go to each other's, you're at each other's houses. You're seeing each other, and one day, somebody somewhere gets this idea, and they're like, "Hey, there's some stuff going on with this, this, and this. Some things might be changing." And so you know, things change, and they're like, "This is what we want to do." So now they elevate you from support status to another status. And kind of what they did is instead of having all these different support clubs running around, yes, it's biracial. You just put them under one banner. And then even though that club is larger and they're still under one banner, you still have your guidance and your support. You know, everybody remembers where you were before you came to this club. So you're not new. The patch is new. And then you still have your... I'll call it a probation time and your guidance and mentoring. And then you take the next step. And I think in the community here, you get more respect that way because they're like, Hey, they didn't just go out and slap that on. I remember when they were just this, this, and this, they've been around versus when you have somebody just roll, roll into town one night at a bike night that like road like punk rock said, you got five friends that are like, man, we're going to be wild hogs part two he said we're going to put a diamond on and here they come and it's like you know i can understand why people take offense to that because you to do it the correct way the protocol way you put in work and then when somebody just slaps you in the face and their answer is well this is what we're going to do nobody can tell us it's like yeah hey fuck you guy you know you just i don't have anything for him it's like, I'm willing to extend an olive branch to try to help educate you and teach you. But once it's fuck me, then you know it's fuck you. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And there's a lot of people that are like, you know, they just don't understand the situation from that from that point. They And, and I will say that some of it's ignorant. Some people don't know. And those are the ones that you can teach. And then you got the ones that know, and they're just like, well, who's going to stop us? And... That's pretty much where it goes with that. I think I think when you start going down this road, um, I used to use the special forces analogy, but somebody in the YouTube comments recently kind of triggered a different analogy in my head. 
to where you know you can start down the path of becoming a medical professional right and then you can determine throughout the course of your studies which lane is best for you you know some people might go down there with dreams of being a heart surgeon and find out that they don't have steady hands so maybe they end up you know excelling a little more in chemistry and they become an anesthesiologist or whatnot you know they might still be a doctor, but they, you know, they have a different specialty. And and I kind of look at clubs in the same way. You know, it would be pretty arrogant and stupid to think like, I feel like I'm a surgeon in my heart, and I think I've read enough books about it, and I've seen enough TV shows that had surgeons in there. Do you mind if I cut you open and fix your heart real quick? Like, you know, it, it's that's the same kind of like mentality when you're saying like, I'm going to come into this world, already existing world, laid out traditions, foundations, protocols, etc. And I'm just going to say that I'm a thing. I'm going to proclaim myself because I think I know. Versus going through that study, you know, your pre-med, your, your, uh, your, your med school, and then your specialty, and then your, um, your, your residency and all, all those different phases that are set up to get you in the right place you know and that that piece that you were talking about the, the ignorance versus willful ignorance i'll call it because that's how they play it as oh i didn't know or you know i i feel like this or whatever it's it's one of the the bigger violations of protocol and it's but it's also one of the most argued protocols that there is is that there are stepping stones to be able to get into this life and you know like we've said several times that's not to say that you can't go hang out with your buddies and do whatever you want to do but you're specifically trying to force yourself into a world that already exists um and i think when you when you boil all of the, the entire conversation down because we are getting to an hour so it's time to start wrapping it up when you boil the whole conversation down what, what we come to find out is that protocol can be as simple as being a stand-up man, a stand-up human being. And then things can get a little more complicated as the areas start to gray a little bit. But to make a righteous attempt to follow protocol to the best of your ability is the best way to continue to, to make sure that the community thrives and continues to grow in a positive way. You know, And when it comes to base protocol, I don't necessarily think any of it needs to change. I think we just need to change how we apply it and start getting back to the true sense and the true nature of it and applying it with, with the right mentality and the right uh, intention behind it in order to, to propel the community forward. So that's my closing piece on it. I'll open it up to everybody else that has anything else to say in closing. Uh, I've got one thing to say in closing for people out there considering starting a club or they've got guys that they ride with a group of them. Hey, like punk rock said earlier, it's okay for you to all go prospect somewhere together. Good luck. I would, uh, you know, also like to address people thinking about starting a club. Don't rob yourself of one of the most memorable experiences of your life. Um, I've been, you know, I've, I've prospected before and it's no secret. I'm going through my prospect period now and I'm building, I'm building bonds with some outstanding men, uh, that I'm going through it with, uh, you know, I'm building bonds with 
Um, you know, men that hopefully one day I can call my brother and I wouldn't trade what I'm doing for the fucking world. And, you know, one of the, one of the things you hear about most is, you know, Oh, when I'm, when I was prospecting, I remember this, da, 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 da. Don't rob yourself of that, man. I promise it's not as horrible as you think it is. Man, I can't even add to any of that. It was so amazing, especially what uh, No Shame said. I'm going to tap out. Oh, that was sweet. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody joining us today. Um, we've got a, a number of good episodes lined up for you guys. Um, somebody who on the staff who's like, you know, just a really great, solid individual, took his time out of his day to put a schedule together and get topics put out and and everything put together in the proper fashion i'm not going to toot anybody's horn or anything but that's a great great individual he is so uh, i think that guy's a fucking asshole for talking about himself like that he's also an asshole i never took that away from him but yeah um <laughs> appreciate you guys joining us uh and until next time some catchy phrase insert here <laughs>